I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging at the Satellite Branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, it is your girl, Mrs. Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. That's what you're going with these days? Uh, you know, I change it up. That's what you want to come in with? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> why Why not? Indeed. Look, look at that. Just fancy free. Not a care in the world. <gasps> I mean, a lot of cares in the world, but that one, not on the list. Friends, this is episode 199, as are they all, until such time as we can properly commemorate episode 200, which maybe never. I don't know. Maybe we'll just be 199 forever. If you want to hear any of our other episode 199s or any of our other 199 episodes, look up Geek Down Podcast wherever you get your audio content. Give us a follow, subscribe, big ups, daps, pat on the back. And henceforth, brought to your device, you don't have to do anything else. New episodes will be brought to you by your mans. Chauncey, Frostilicus, the third... Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl, he's just gonna bang those episodes straight into your device gently, nicely, caressingly into your ear hole so you can get all lovingly all the hashtag hat you can possibly require. Yeah, you think I'm letting that one go? Oh it ain't happening. Nope. <laughs> That's best, a keeper. One of the best bits of this show's ever had. <laughs> Hat's going nowhere. If you would like to let us know to stop leaning in so hard into hat, we will not listen to you. We will mute you, but you are free to try it on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Or you can email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com, with your well-reasoned treatise on why we should stop piggybacking on the work of black women. I see your point. I still think it's funny. If you would like to support this endeavor financially, do not. No. Keep your money. Save it. Justin, Justin's extended serve for another month, but listen, don't get cocky. Don't give us your money. Save your money. As are we. The world is weird and strange and will probably continue to be so for quite some time. I saw somebody took a, uh, there's a photo from the California wildfires from years ago. Yeah. Of just like fire and a sign. And then somebody uh, put, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask, stand six feet apart on the sign as everything burned around it. And I was like, hey, look, 2020. Yep. Yep, that's what it. We don't blame time for all the problems in the world, friends. We understand it's not arbitrary year designations 2020's fault, but we can comment on the absurdity that all of these things are confluencing around a single calendar year. Well, friends, this is going to be a weird one. Not going to lie. This is the first time Jordan has uh, tried to record a podcast after an early day shift. I've been up since 4 a.m. It's currently 6.30. 6.30 p.m. This, this is going to be strange. It already is. Be sure to stay till the end. <laughs> always listen past the end theme, friends. Um, yeah. So we already know that current state of the world and the requirements of 
living in a pandemic society and people who do not choose to abide by those rules and how infuriating that is and how it is generally exacerbated my penchant for misanthropy. Wow. Oh, wow. So many big words all in a row. This is what happens when I'm tired, y'all. It's like my brain just goes into like a deeper, my brain goes into the underground and it's just like, just dig stuff up that I forgot since university. (laughs) You know, back in the 40s. (laughs) Added to that is now I have to work with the public again, y'all. Yeah, and uh, the stories are just going to get weirder. As the year gets closer to Christmas. Look, friends, I don't want to make the front half of the show Jordan gripes about major Canadian retailer and the level of entitlement major Canadian retailer seems to draw out of its customers. I don't know why. It seems like people do shit at MCR that they would never dream of doing anywhere else. I don't know you why. You know what it is? Hmm. You, you know what it is? What, what, what is it? <laughs> you know what it is? Ley lines. Ley lines? Yeah. Uh, the magic lines that crisscross the earth. Um, Where are you going? <laughs> I, I'm sure they've built their stores on ley lines. It only It's the only thing I can think of that makes it such a wild place. Friends, I have seen teenagers sprawl on a display table as if it were a chaise lounge. It's a thing that's happened. I, I've seen it. I have seen people bring their entire home office onto the floor of the major Canadian retailer. To that end, my first day stepping out onto the floor during operational hours, I had some product I had to put back on the floor and I was zipping around. I went to burn tail around one aisle to the next, kind of in this corner area, and a lovely woman, mid-30s maybe, was kneeling on the ground mid-Zoom call, just using, you know, I don't know if she wanted that library feel, I guess. Give off the impression of, you know, the, the, the rich oak wood shelves or whatever that we had at that one spot. It's the one spot in the store where we have it, but, like, I literally, like, almost, her Zoom call almost saw, like, my ass, like, step directly onto her head, like, because <laughs> I was barreling. But just, you know, that's a thing you can do. Also, then I had to, like, you know, flag to where her abandoned son was later on that day. (laughs) Ten minutes later, she finished her Zoom call, and I could hear someone shouting the name of a small boy. And I was like, hey, yo, he's over by the records. I know you were a little occupied with whatever you were doing on your multi-level marketing Zoom call, but... My favorite story is about the boy that disappeared when the parent left them in the toy section of the store. And I found him across the mall, like across the hallway of the mall, in the arcade of the movie theater. And you know what? Still a higher caliber of parenting than any of the children who run through that parking lot next door. (laughs) Which is you're like, it's like 2020 has been sort of this crazy horror roller coaster, but your particular like thing you're you're griping about is this. It's not even like it's understood, but it just seems so small on top. It's like the tippy top of the pyramid of horror. You know, you know why it's better, Kate. You know why abandoning your kid in a retail store 
and then losing them because they run across the hall to a movie theater. You know why that's still better parenting? At least what? you took them somewhere. That's true. <laughs> At least you didn't just dump them out into a parking lot and say, go run around barefoot, Timmy. Here's a cap gun. Fire that off incessantly. <laughs> just relentless. Popping shots all day. Anyway, friends, times are weird. Weirder than usual today. <laughs> but we got some good topics to talk about. Kate, you said you had news. I do. I do have news. <laughs> She's so happy about so it. so exciting. Um, some of the news is that Olivia Wilde is directing a Marvel movie for Sony. Oh, who's and... ready to be mad, Chuds? Oh, oh yeah, no. They're, like, lining up in the wings. Um, but... She, after the announcement, she put a little spider um, in, I guess it was like a tweet or something. I don't know. Um, and she put a little spider. So a lot of people are thinking possibly Spider-Woman. Uh, it's supposed to be like a female-centric Marvel movie. Mm. I'm hoping uh, Spider-Gwen. But really, do you want to know my true deep down heart of hearts? My darling, hope? there is nothing I want to know more. I want a Madam Web movie. Oh, God. Can I have a Madam Web oh, movie? No, no, you cannot. Why <laughs> not? Oh, my God. That's like the worst of the weird 90s Marvel. Like, Come on. <laughs> it's everything I want. It's old ladies and superheroes. <laughs> that is true. It could, be, it could be played by Helen Mirren. I just, fuck, I just remember, you know, I would watch the Fox Kids Spider-Man cartoon occasionally on Saturday mornings, and then I fell off for a bit because I was, you know, a little aging out of cartoons that hadn't aged back in yet, but... And then I, like, randomly caught it one day, and I was like, what is this? Why is he getting sucked into a cloud of dust? And who is this old woman talking to? And there's time travel now? This is, like, why the X-Men go to space. Like, you know, like... You don't yeah, you don't it need great. it. No, 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 no. <laughs> No. The X-Men go to space and Spider-Man is the leader. I will get the spray bottle, Caitlin. No, the X-Men do not need <laughs> no, to go to space. spray bottle. Bad. The X-Men don't need to go to space and Spider-Man doesn't need to time travel. <laughs> you know what? You're stupid. I'm fine Anyways, with it. I'm just excited for Olivia Wilde. Um, she's cool. And I like I like cool Spider-based movies. I don't know much about Spider-Woman, so I feel like that'd be fun. Uh, I don't know if I saw anything more confirming that it was Spider-Woman. Hold on. The site I have open for my weird news item actually has a link to that. So let me just uh, have a moment. Uh, it's from Deadline. Um, who says, while not confirmed, it is expected that the story will be centered on Spider-Woman. Sony has no comment. Yeah. Film will be penned by Katie Silverman with Amy Pascal producing. And yes, Wilde is directing. Yeah. If you didn't see Booksmart, that was dope. If you have any concerns about whether or not Olivia Wilde can direct, she can. Also, there's a Craven the Hunter movie coming. Really? That seems weird. That seems like scraping the bottom of the peanut butter. <laughs> like, But hey, well, no. Okay. No. Yeah, I know it is. I mean, they made a Venom movie work, so... But Venom was always a cool character. Yeah. And yeah, you could definitely have done it wrong. We saw that in 
Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Um, but it's such a good, like, base to work with, whereas Craven is like, get some furs. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> get some furs. Um, yeah, he's got that, like, fur thing on. Anyways, that's only some of my news. My next bit of news also has to do with fabulous ladies. Uh, the Crown Season 4 is coming out November 15th. <laughs> and, most importantly, Julian Anderson is playing Margaret Thatcher. I think we knew that previously. I didn't know that. I, I found out that today. Historians, go back in the archives. I'm sure I mentioned that <laughs> when you were talking about her on American Gods or something. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> it's very likely. It happens very frequently. I'm very excited about that. I really like Gillian Anderson, and I hate Margaret Thatcher, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> You're going to be so torn. They also cast uh, Diana. I did see that headline. It's not anybody I knew of. No. but Again, The Crown speaks to a larger sort of issue with Netflix because... Oh, who's who's the guy behind it? I don't remember his name, but anyway, he's uh, he's all he seemed to always be on the record that this was going to be a long running series, and then suddenly it's like four seasons, done. What? Actually? Yeah. Oh. They're running pretty fast. They're they're skipping, be skipping a lot of stuff to get to a Diana era. I never did finish season three. I need to get on that. You should get on that. I should get on that. There's some good bits. Sexy Charles really had uh, really had some segments of my Twitter sphere all a flutter. Really, they weren't prepared for Sexy Charles. Mm. No one's prepared for Sexy Charles. No one, no one. How could you be? He just kicks in the door like, "Mommy, I want to be listened to," and the, and the ladies go, "Ah, ah, listen to it." What else you got? Um, that's it. That's it for news. That's it. Well, I got um, so, I got something here. I got a couple things here that's that are possibly interesting. Oh, well, related. So that's a that's a one for the W column for Netflix, uh, which they probably want today because they are taking an L, specifically the marketing department for this film they license called Cuties. Did you see this? No. So Cuties is what they are calling a French film uh, called Mignon, which just uh, came out in April in France and apparently won an award for directing at Sundance uh, this year. Uh, Well-received and well-regarded, it seems like. Yeah, so Netflix is calling it Cuties. Uh, It follows Amy, an 11-year-old girl who joins a group of dancers called the Cuties at school and rapidly grows aware of her burgeoning femininity, upsetting her mother and her values. Uh, It's got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes and has generally been praised for its handling of sensitive topics. I'm not going to show you or even describe in detail the image that Netflix chose to go with to sell this movie for its little, you know, thumbnail that would show up. Oh. But... Twerking 11-year-olds. There, there, there you go. Fuck it. I said it. It's like twerking 11-year-olds. She oh, joined... my God. Okay. Caitlin Googled it. <laughs> it's a little Jesus. rough. It's a little rough. And when you contrast it, as this article on Deadline has done, with the original French poster, which is the four girls just kind of like 
skipping down a cobblestone lane laughing with shopping bags as confetti explodes behind them sends a much different message. Uh, so Netflix has rightfully been getting torched this afternoon. This, this happened today as we're recording. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad look for all involved. Most unfortunately the movie because the movie is not this as far as I can tell. Um, that's going to be a rough, that's a rough hang. And an unforced error. As we like to say around these parts, you didn't have to. <laughs> what would possess you? The Deadline article notes that we don't know if this was in-house by Netflix or if they hired a some sort of outside firm to make this artwork, but this is rough. Uh, I'm probably going to... I'm going to be the worst here and say it was probably dudes. You think? Yeah. We know how I feel about dudes in general, but like... You, Wow, I didn't take a close look at it when when I first saw this article. I did not see the girl on the left who was full on mid twerk. That's get that the fuck off the internet and everywhere in the world. Just burn it. I'm not going to get too much into the rest of the Twitter chatter about it because the Twitter chatter is accusing the film of sexualizing girls and whatnot. Now this image clearly is troubling in that regard. We can't say anything about what the film actually does because we haven't seen it. Um, and everything from people who have seen the film suggests that it is, that ain't the point. When someone does see it, because I don't see movies, but when someone does, you let me know. Well, that is alarming. Okay, well, hold on. Here's something. I have a tweet here that I'm seeing from, uh, oh, God. first of all, I had three tweets that came up. One was Netflix's apologies. One was the tweet I'm about to share. Um, and the other one was, I'm not even going to bother to glance at it again, was from Matt Walsh, Christian commentator Matt Walsh, who can just literally fall into the deepest hole of the earth. Like, that's... <laughs> Maybe Jesus is down there. Go go check. Go check. I heard he was down there. Go have a look. Um, so this is a tweet from Tessa Thompson that came that she tweeted today. Saying, quote, hashtag cuties is a beautiful film. It gutted me at Sundance Fest and introduces a fresh voice at the helm. She's a French Senegalese black woman mining her experiences. The film comments on the hypersexualization of pre-adolescent girls. Disappointed to see the current discourse. So there you go. She followed up and said, disappointed to see how it was positioned in terms of marketing. I understand the response of everybody, but it doesn't speak to the film I saw. So there you go. Maybe. Maybe. And this is, I'm just, I'm still on the high of Obama's speech last night, but maybe <laughs> we can try to be adults Oh, and crazy. see the thing you're trying to cancel before you cancel it. It's a controversial stance. I know. Seems out of character for me. I know. But like I said, Bear, Barry's got me feeling away. Oh, God, I miss him so much. I miss him so much. Also, I'm seeing her because the whole thing is like, cancel Netflix. And they're like, cancel Netflix because they made this. And Netflix did not make this. This is a film they are licensing that was made. And also, it, they yeah, don't cancel um, a whole thing just because of art that was handled by um, another company. But have them change the art. I'm sure the di- I'm sure the director of this film is not thrilled about 
the choice Netflix made either. Yeah. Because it's not representative of the film she made. And, you know, y'all can do what you want, but just realize what you're doing and who you're ultimately harming. If this is the first time French Senegalese director who like has a work that she probably poured her life into, you know, they always say the first thing you make is like the one you had your whole life preparing for. Yep. And that's why that your second CD or album, I can't remember CD, second album is the hardest. Yep. Because you already put everything you had into the first. So this is her first. This is what she put everything she, this is, if this is what she put everything she had into, you know, give her a fair look. Shit. Now I'm probably just going to watch it just to be contrary. <laughs> you know, I love to be contrarian. Is that all we have for news, Kate? Yes, though. I do have uh, an astronomy minute. Oh, God. I don't. I really need to make a theme for the astronomy minute. Is this, about, is this about the car-sized asteroid that almost killed us all? No. Well, possibly less exciting then, but what's your astronomy minute? So, I learned a new astronomy term, which I am very excited about. Ooh. So we all know about a blue moon, which is the second full moon in a month. Mm-hmm. But there is actually something called a black moon, which is technically the third new moon in a season. So in, in uh, three months. Um, and just the other day, there was a black moon, which is pretty cool. Oh, sorry. The third full moon of four full moons in a season, which is very rare. It happens, I think, every 33 months or something along those lines. But anyways, um, if anyone ever wants to do any stargazing, you should really be looking to go during a new moon or in and around that time. So even though um, technically uh, the Perseids, which is a beautiful meteor shower, um, has already passed, um, even in the next couple of days, if you were to go out and to find a spot that was pretty dark, um, you would actually still see some um, relatively frequently. Um, senior correspondent Chris and I did just that yesterday um, and saw a bunch of really beautiful shooting stars. Um, and yeah, and because there's no light from the moon, um, it just, you can actually at the moment see the, um, part of the Milky Way, even going not too far. So we have quite a bit of light pollution where we live, but we drove 20 minutes south and it was dark enough for us to see the Milky Way. Get the fuck out of here. I would say, go do that if you'd like to see something spectacular and it's free. And it's free. Uh, we're always supporting things that are free. Boy, are we. Does that mean it's time for updates? It does mean it's time for updates. Oh, my gosh. Bah, she's, bah, so, bah, bah. she's so excited. Update us. Um, so the first thing I'm going to update you on is the delight. Of, oh, another free thing. The delight in explaining things to parents. <laughs> like when I explained to my mom what the tea is. That was amazing. Like, Like just in general? Like what? No, like what the term the tea is. Uh Uh-huh. Like, honey, what's the tea? (laughs) Uh, She did not know, and I encouraged her to use it in a conversation with my sister. I'm waiting to hear how this went. Um, Other things I did in that vein was explain to uh, senior correspondent's mom what 
thick meant, specifically with two C's. Sorry, who did you explain that to? Uh, senior correspondent's mother. Ah. Yes. Were you describing also, her with like, the term, and you had to you had to explain it? Um. Well, how, how did this come up? Were you calling her thick? <laughs> no, I was not calling her thick. Um, I was saying that. <laughs> mother correspondent, you look thick. mad thick. <laughs> somebody was thick. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> and she went, "What?" And then I had to explain, and I was like, "Thick with two C's." <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it, that was, that's always a good time. If you're just looking for free entertainment, explain to someone who is above the age of 50 what thick means. Good times. Um, I have, other than that, I have been watching a lot of YouTube as usual, which is what you do when you are in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been specifically watching a lot of comedy, stand-up comedy, and in that vein, specifically of uh, Drew Lynch, who is I'm a comedian. Unfamiliar. Um, he oh, he is fantastic. Um, he's got a really bad stutter, and it came from being, uh, I think he was in his 20s, early 20s, maybe a teenager, and he got hit unbelievably hard with a softball, which he... <laughs> talks about um in some of his comedy um he was actually i think a couple years ago i saw something about him being the runner up to america's got talent like he was he almost won a competition mm. um he's a fantastic comedian um he he does some stuff where he shows like when people try and heckle him or like he got cat called on stage at one point um and what he does to sort of get out of that situation. Um, and he does talk a lot about his stutter and, like, words he still can't say. There's a really famous bit where he's trying to say the word banana, and it's sort of become a thing. Um, he has, like, merchandise that's just, like, banana, like, on, on all over the shirt. Um, but, yes, if you're looking for fun, good comedy that's not, like, wildly offensive, Drew Lynch is your man. Um, movies, can we just talk about how good of a movie Tremors is? Do you want to change this to an all Tremors podcast? Cause we can do that. Can't, actually? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, have you seen any of the other Tremors movies? No. <laughs> oh, okay. They, well, I haven't either. I was just curious. Because they only have but like Winona doing... Judd and the dad from Family Ties in them. <laughs> I've seen so I I saw Tremors ages ago um, as a kid. Sorry, Caitlin is talking about a I don't even know what year it's from, but I feel like it's a late eighties, early nineties, maybe. I think it's ninety. Um, kind of B movie about sandworms in like a southern U.S. trailer park. It stands uh, stars Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It's nineteen nineties. Um, it is a freaking fantastic movie. It weirdly, like, bucks tropes of the time and has, like, it's actually really, like, a character-driven movie. Um, and it seems like it, it is ridiculous, but it's, it is a, an amazing movie. And I just encourage anyone, 
who wants to just have an, a fun movie night Sorry. to go watch Tremors. It's I, on Netflix. I want to correct. Did I which which '90s country star did I say was in it? Did I say one of the Judds was in it? It's not. It's Reba McIntyre. My apologies. It's Reba McIntyre. Sorry, I didn't even catch that. My, I thought you said in the in the um, in the not the original, but in the other ones. Some of the Judds were in it, but yes, Reba McIntyre, who is fantastic. My apologies to the Queen, Reba McIntyre. Um, sorry, I think I said it was on Netflix. I'm actually, it might. Oh no, it's not. I think it's on. Um, Listen, Amazon? if you get if you got Tubi or Crackle or one of those, like it's probably sitting on. <laughs> if you got one of those D-list streaming services apps, it's probably sitting. Yeah, sitting on there somewhere. Um, but anyways, that was fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, and then as far as television shows, um, more random Star Trek <laughs> and Lower Decks, which continues to be fantastic. Does it? Yes. And if someone tells you it's not fantastic, they're the worst and you should stop hanging out with them. <laughs> they, they, are not, your partner, they are not your friend. You should get a divorce. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they are not your friend, but you went one step further. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if they're your partner, get a divorce. If they're just a good acquaintance, please make sure that you, um, like, remove them from your friends list on Facebook. Um, anyone who doesn't like Lower Decks has a stick permanently wedged up their ass. Um, it's funny, and it has a ton of uh, Star Trek bits and pieces in the background. Um, it keeps up the idea of hope weirdly even in something as sort of like deranged as it is um it still has that sort of ideal uh so yeah also also watch that watch tremors and lower decks and you'll be set that's it that's it i told you i was lame and like didn't really watch anything this week well i got i got a bunch of stuff written down here um i'll try to burn through some of these uh books finish the lake by yoshimoto that i talked about last week mm-hmm. decided to... how was it oh, it was all right it was just like a really like small story ultimately um which i mean i guess befits like a 225 page book i don't know that i could recommend it but it's oh, maybe it's got to... you might like it actually it's got a touch of magical realism in it um Ooh. like i said last week the the nod to the you know uh cult that's in there i mean if i hadn't known that from the synopsis that might have been more interesting but it just kind of like seems to come out of nowhere when it does finally come up but yeah just a really like small story love love story i guess um and then i continued my train of grabbing novels off my shelf that i have owned for years this one i owned well before i lived in toronto i think i bought it in toronto from the old, I think it was called Pages Store at Queen and John. Oh, okay. Notable at the time because there was a dude under 900 who wore <laughs> a monocle, non-ironically. <gasps> yes. Yeah, you remember that, dude. <laughs> Where you at, monocle oh dude? Oh, God. You were working at BMV for a while, and I thought that was the saddest shit ever because you were so superior. Um. And this is a book when I was just like grabbing shit. If I saw Japanese on it, I just grabbed it and I was at Pages and they had books I didn't see anywhere else. So I grabbed a book by a guy named, I grabbed a book by the other Murakami, not Haruki, but Ryo, called Coin Locker Babies. And I bought this book, 
God, maybe like 2002, 2003. And I know I tried to read it at least three times and never did. And I'm having a better, having a better run of it this time. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll actually get through it. Um, Ryo Murakami is known for being uh, the very broad comparison is like Japan's Chuck Palahniuk, I guess. Um, he wrote probably best known for writing audition, which was made in that movie. That was the one thing in the history of the geek down. Kate refused to watch. And I had to give to chief Brown correspondent Kayum on a week. Caitlin was out one day. <laughs> he wrote that original novel and coin locker babies is as much as I said, I am anti dude right now. This is a real dude like novel. It's basically about two boys who were both abandoned in coin lockers who grow up in this, uh, Island, uh, with their, their foster parents, who adopt them live on an island and they kind of discover this abandoned mine nearby, which is filled with, you know, vagrants and other sort of people society has forgotten about. And as they grow up, they decide they are going to find their mothers and take their revenge. Oh, so not sure how that's going to play out. I know one of them uh, becomes a bisexual rock star. Uh, the, to- the toast of this abandoned mine toxic town, I think it's called. And the other one becomes a pole vaulter. Gets re- gets really into pole vaulting. So yeah, uh, my only quibble with the book so far got quibbles. is I don't know if publishers thought we had better eyesight than we did back in the day, or maybe we actually did because our eyesight had up and bludgeoned by months of looking at screens, months, years, decades of looking at screens for, you know, seven hours a day minimum. Because the type in this is so small. Oh, is this, that's one of those like 10, 10 point, 11 point? Yeah, it's probably 10. It feels like 10. <laughs> feels like 10. Um, which I know was why I, I grabbed it earlier this summer, actually, like during quarantine. I was like, I'm finally read Coin Locker Babies. I opened it up, saw that type and went, no, I am not. <laughs> um, but my brain apparently feels stronger now. So I'm, I'm trying it again. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that's going to go. Um, and when I see what my paycheck looks like tonight, we'll find out if I have so many other novels to talk to you about by next week. So many. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, I think that I, you know, I was at work listening to podcasts or something and podcasts are slowly making their way back into, into my life. Cause I have like, you know, a commute and <laughs> because my, uh, my job in, in most of the time involves me, you know, handling operations in back of house as it were. So I don't get the, uh, I don't get the store playlist. I have to find my own entertainment to play in the background. So sometimes I'll just play podcasts on my phone, which I did today when I revisited a show that I have sort of an uneven relationship with. But um, now that they've you know banked enough episodes back there, because I, you know, I was in quarantine, I wasn't listening to podcasts, and I went back through some of the ones they dropped while we were in quarantine. And that's the uh, Heat Rocks podcast from Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes, and which is in theory just um, you know. If somebody comes on with their, like, you know, their all-time heat rock album, and then they just talk about it for, like, 40 minutes or whatever. Um, right. Sometimes the interview format can be a little not great. I mean, Morgan and Oliver are very insightful and smart as hell and intelligent people. So when they talk about music, like, sometimes Morgan just goes off on these riffs, and I'm just like, I need to, like, write down everything she's saying. This is just some of the best, like, music writing I've ever heard in my life. And... Same with Oliver, but when you bring in, like, some dude, 
even if it's like a very talented musician, I mean, they might not have the toolbox to talk about, you know, the record to a great degree. If there's the one song that they keep going back to repeatedly, repeatedly, like, no, you need to like branch out and talk about the whole album. Um, but they've done a lot of episodes during quarantine. That's either just the two of them or just like one of them solo. And I was listening to some today that were, uh, comfort, like the comfort music. Um, yeah. and what they were, what they were visiting. Um, what were they calling it? It was Morgan's idea. The, the starting five, both a basketball reference and a nod to the, uh, CD changers that we all had back when your five CD changer in the car, oh my God, in the car, in your so bedroom. Epic. Oh, you were balling when you finally got the CD changer. Girl, come on now. I don't even think I had a five. I think I had a three tops. Um, my dad had a 10 that he had in his car. Oh, with the brick where he had to go in the trunk and load the brick. Yes. Yeah. Yes, girl. exactly. That's man. Stu was balling. Mm-hmm. And it was all Scottish music. <laughs> Who put this Irish Rovers in here? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, so some, some good episodes there. If you like, you know, music, commentary, journalism, just nerding out about music, which I'm going to do right now. Woo! Cause I think, I think in light of, um, the inability to do it in person before we, uh, before we turn the mics on, I'm just going to let the listeners in on something that, uh, we used to do before every episode, which is, uh, George just shows Kate shit. Yep. Here's some fun shit that George saw this week. I actually mentioned this one to Kate last week off mic, I think, but I just want to share it with the listeners because it's just been, it's been really dope and it's made me happy and in a weird, like, in another weird wave of not happy right now in quarantine pandemic life. This is, this has brought me no small amount of joy. Let's talk for a minute about Nagiko. Nagiko is an idol group from Nigata. And I will throw a link up on Twitter when this episode drops of a documentary that Vice did about them, like circa 2014, 2015, maybe. Um, how did I learn about Nagiko? I learned about Nagiko when they appeared on Music Japan, which was a variety show that the Queen's Perfume hosted, and the clips circulated on Tumblr and Twitter, and was just, everybody was crying, and everybody was sad, and I was like, "Who? who's making the Queen's cry? What is happening? What is all this? Nagiko new perfume back when they were teenagers, both grinding it out on the indie circuit. And the thing that makes Nagiko interesting is that they were initially signed on a one month contract to be like tourism idols for Nagata, for the city mm. of Nagata one month. That's all they were supposed to be. Some producer who goes by the name of Connie sees them, likes them, thinks they're interesting, starts, wants to work with them, starts introducing them around to people. That was 15 years ago. They lost Ooh. two members. They've been a trio now for, pretty much ever since that first year when they were, uh, you know, tourist attractions, basically. <laughs> you see clips of them, like, literally on the side of the road. Traffic is going by behind them. They're, like, at a traffic stop doing a concert. I think I read they were supposed to have, like, one song and one month of promotion. Like, that's all they were supposed to get. It was just something to boost boost tourism and awareness about some, some new onion that was coming out in Niigata. <laughs> because Japan. Um, and to be fair, they have not, the reason everybody was crying on this episode of Music Japan was because, like, Nikiko had, like, made it to that level where they were popular enough to be on the show. They had enough of a hit to, like, be on the show. And they had a song come out this week that was produced by a guy named Park Golf, not their regular producer. Uh, Park Golf, who 
in the contemporary sort of Japanese groove music that I enjoy listening to and keeping up on. He's fairly notable in that. And the lyrics were by Hitoma Toy, who was one of the, like, three elder stateswomen of, that I, as far as I can tell, elder stateswomen of, like, Neo City Pop or whatever you want to call it. And watch my YouTube video on all the records I bought. I bought one of her records that's in there. And on my next one, I will have a record from Hitoma Toy as well, actually. Um, and the song is like, Nagiko's music is impossible to describe because they just kind of do everything. Like a lot of their music has a real, like kind of Northern soul, like oh, brass laced pop type of feel. Like it feels really throwback, but like mm. lame throwback. <laughs> like <laughs> the lame songs get by on their personalities, obviously, as with any idol group, you know, Megu especially has like this smile that rivals the sun. I've never seen anything like it. And also, just because of their, you know, because of their story. Again, it's like anything else with idols, you just want to see them do well. Just because their lives have been really odd as part of this. <laughs> you know, they were, they have never been on Perfume's level, and likely never will be, you know. Right. Um, I think, I don't think Nikiko's winning a lot of new fans. I think Nikiko has all the fans they're going to get. Aside from, you know, weirdos on the other side of the planet like me who come to them late. <laughs> They tell stories in this, you know, documentary about how people thought they were a joke because they were a marketing stunt. They throw onions at them on the streets. Um, they had to, like, change in the by the trash cans outside. They didn't have a dressing room. You know, they were, like, changing it in the van next to the trash cans. Um, and then going in and doing a show for, like, you know, 30 people type of thing. Um, and the most heartbreaking one was, so the member, there's three members, Kaede, Nao, and Megu. Now is like the de facto leader, I guess. Similar to anything, I think she's just you know a year older, so she's the leader. Um, and she's really into anime and manga, and kind of wanted to look at becoming a seiyu, a voice actress. Right. And she tells this story in this documentary about getting um, invited to audition for this. She it's subtitled as a group, but it's probably like an agency, like a seiyu agency. Um, and she had to think about doing it because it would really impact you know Nagiko's activities and Nagiko was probably not blowing up at the time but ultimately she's sitting there and she just starts sobbing because she turned it down because you know don't be a burden what would her taking that pursuing that do to the other two so she just starts sobbing in this documentary about like you know I really wanted to join that group and the other two are sitting there and they start crying and Megu just goes I never heard that story <laughs> Oh, <laughs> fuck. Why? So Why when, are they doing this to us? <laughs> so when you see like this new video and they look like, you know, adult, it's a very, it's a, it's a smooth, sexy kind of summer night type of song. Very on point for 2020. Not in like, you know, the burning hellscape type of vibe, but just, you know, like <laughs> it's got, it's got some trap drums in it. You know, it's got, it's a, it's really Interesting. It's a song I would frankly love to see Perfume do. It's the type of song I would love to see them do. But Perfume's never going to get to because Nagiko gets to do things that Perfume never will. They get to work with right. other people. You know, Nagiko's got their Connie producer, but like Kaede can go off and do solo albums and now can, you know, go and paint murals and she designs all their t shirts and, you know, Megu does little pop up photography things and stuff like that. Perfume never gets to do any of that because they never, they only just started doing solo stuff. Because it was always like they were real Metallica about it, right? Like you know, the brand, the brand is the brand. Don't don't split brand. it. And Lord knows they will never do a song that was not produced by Yasutaka Nakata. They're just 
since, since polyrhythm, like since, since before polyrhythm, the 2008, every song they've done has been produced by that dude and they will never veer outside of it. Nigiko gets to do that. And when they get to do that, they do really interesting things like this song that just came out this week. So shouts to them. They seem to be, I, th- I think we're, I think we're far beyond the like crying about not joining the voice actors. I think they're doing okay. <laughs> I think they're better now. Okay. Um, and just, yeah, just really made me happy. I mean, I've, I do this thing on Instagram every year where I like, you know, name my top five songs of summer and I did it already, but I knew this song was coming and I was like, it's gonna, this song's going to be a problem. I already know I should just wait. And I didn't. And I should have. Uh, Jordan, you should have known better. I should have known better. Fucking up my brand. Um, other shout out I want to give is to, um, IGN wiki's editor, former IGN anime club host, Miranda Sanchez, who, uh, exists online as at Havoc Rose. I made my first foray into watching Twitch streams last weekend. Just okay. Some, just something I've never done. And so I just started with like people I knew. Right. So I know Miranda from anime club days, followed yeah. her on Twitter for years. And she does not do just straight video game streaming. She is a, huge stationary journaling nerd and she was doing a right. she was doing a stream about that and number one her setup is so good <laughs> her setup was so good it had me googling like how do i twitch stream like oh wow like her camera is great her lighting is great just the frame of her like of her like video window is like it just looks so good and she's really like chill and laid back as a presenter, you know, she's been in on camera. She's done on camera stuff before for IGN. Um, and just hearing, watching her nerd out about pens for like 30 minutes, Saturday night, it was the chillest, most Zen comfy Saturday night. We are a weird fucking bunch. Y'all pen, y'all pen people. Holy shit. I was not aware how deep that ran. Cause Miranda goes hard. Miranda was showing off some like, limited edition color fountain pen that she bought that was like only available in Japan. There's a Pikachu fountain pen that's coming out from some brand that pen heads know that she saw in a photograph from a pen show. That's a thing. Um, see mine is more like widespreading. Like my net is larger. Mm. I have a problem. (laughs) Um, it's still a problem, but I curbed it. Um, I told myself I wasn't allowed to buy any more post-it notes until I used all my post-it notes, which will take me, ooh, maybe five years. Well, where I'm at is she mentioned, I, I had heard of them before. So, you know, people were in the comments on the, in the comments were asking her for like recommendations and stuff. You know, she's got a lot to say about, about fountain pens. And then somebody will ask, you know, what's your favorite, like, you know, mechanical or just like, you know, click pen type of thing, you know, gel pen. Mm-hmm. And she dropped a name that I had heard before, which was the Zebra Sarasa pen. And so now I'm like obsessed yeah. with Zebra Sarasa pens and I need to, but Kate, you can't fucking pandemic. You can't test pens anymore. Nope. I even stopped. Not by- unless you like wrap your hand in some sort of like disinfectant type cloth and then use the pen. I even stopped by Muji on my way home from work one day. And that's where I found out that you can't test pens anymore. Cause there were Muji had good pens, but I just, they're a little... I'm sure the like ink quality is good, but the construction of the pen seems a little, little lax, which I mean, that's how they keep the Mm -hmm. price down. But, but the other thing is friends, we are off the rails for nerd talk right now (laughs) because I can get them through work. Work sells them so I can get them cheap. 
but they're a point three. Is that too thin? Is that too narrow? Oh, I like a medium. Ooh. Is that, that that's a that's a fine, right? Point three is a fine. That's very fine. Yeah, no, I don't want a fine. I want like a point five, maybe even a one. Like, can I get those? I think only I can, on Amazon I can get those. So I don't know. I've only ever used. Oh man, ooh, this. <laughs> I was taking out my jet streams, trying to see like, well, what's what, what, you know, what are the point on my jet streams? I think they're ones. <laughs> Friends is now a pen podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Pen Down with it, Jordan Kate. You, it, this is my dream of having a stationary <laughs> podcast. It would be a reason behind buying more stationary. I tried to send Kate the link to this Twitch stream, and she like outright refused. She's like, "I do not no. need that in my life. I'm not watching a single fucking frame of that." Cause... No, because then I'm going to turn into you, and I'm going to be looking up pen. I did look up the pen though. Oh, um, the Sarasa. Yeah, of course I did. Um, well, then but I, I'm fine with, with my, I actually like, there's this fine uniball I really like. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with that for now. I don't need, no, the, the pen you use a lot. I like that one. Yeah, baby. The jet stream. Although I've switched. I, I don't know if this was yours. You use the vision elite a lot, right? Like the gel pen. The yeah. Silver ones? Yeah. That's what I use. Yeah. You uh, I either stole this from work or you left one here. No. Cause yours are always purple. And I've been, I, I've been I, going with this a lot. Yeah, I, I, that's, so there are two, there's the Vision Fine, which is larger, so it's better for, like, writing notes, mm. but the one that you, it's all black, right? No, it's silver. Oh, okay. Oh, no, so that's, yeah, that's the Vision Fine. This then led me briefly to pen YouTube. <laughs> oh, no. Where, like, some woman is, straight, like, testing the strength of the clip on the Sarasa. <laughs> It's like, well, it's holding, it's holding 40, it's holding 40 pages real easy. I don't want to try, I don't want to try for 60 and risk breaking the clip, but like, they have terms. It's like, it says this ink is really resistant to feathering. I'm like, what? What are you talking about feathering? Feathering, feathering is pretty common, like <laughs> as a term. I'm just saying. Of course, Kate knows. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, at Havoc Grows on Twitch find just her stationary streams or like the one where she's like sipping whiskey after after dark and playing a pc game like she's <laughs> she's super chill good hang nobody's dicks on the on the comment feed for the most part um speaking of twitch speaking of games kate was very confused when i mentioned this the only other thing i've been doing this week is i haven't been watching anything because instead i'm actually current i'm contemporary i'm playing the game that everybody's playing this week Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. You want to know why I'm playing it? Why? They gave it to me for free. <laughs> oh, see? Free stuff. You like free beep, stuff. Beep, 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 beep. No, it's the, I, I, it occurred to me to, like, check the uh, the free games on PlayStation Plus. I haven't done this in a while. And it's like, you know, it was like a fucking Call of Duty or some sort of, you know, NBA 2K something. And then there was some, like, very brightly colored thing that said, you know, Fall Guys play it for free and i'm like this is a kid's good this this is for children i'm not playing this this looks like garbage and then suddenly i just heard heard the rumbles on twitter that like everybody's playing this game i was like that's the game they're giving away all right well let me fine fine it's free cost me nothing i'll check it out so fall guys is a battle royale game in the tradition of Fortnite and PUBG and games like that. Start from 60 whatever players and whittle it down to one. Last man standing. Mm. And 
But what Fall Guys does, which is ultimately setting it apart right now and making it the game of the moment, is instead of being like weirdly militaristic or even cartoonish violence, you know, where you're like knocking out other players or, you know, killing them or who knows what, Fall Guys models itself as basically an obstacle course game show in the tradition of Wipeout or Takeshi's Castle, which all of you know is Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. And you have your character who looks like a little jelly bean man. Um, Character design is crazy adorable. I love when the game starts. I know we can't use this term anymore and I apologize, but they all have such a little derpy run. Like (laughs) when they start running down the hill, their arms go out and they're just like, Oh my goodness. And the hook is like, so you'll get a random selection of games. Some are last man standing, some are co-op. One is weirdly like a memory based game where like, you know, you're standing on tiles and the tiles will flash with different fruits. And then on a screen above you, will show the fruit you're supposed to be on. And if you don't get there in like two seconds, everything else disappears and you, you fall to your slimy doom. Um, I have no chance in hell of ever actually winning. I've made it to the final round a couple times. But it's so quick. Like you play a round and maybe you get eliminated the first round and it's five minutes and then you start again. And I normally only play. The, the hook is they could just give away this game for free because I'm sure the hook will be. You're not playing, there's no loot boxes, there's no gotchas, there's no anything like that. You are playing for currencies. You get premium currency only, it seems like, when you either grind to certain levels or you win, you're the last one standing. And you're only ever playing for cosmetic costumes. That's it. Oh. So I currently, I think because I was on... uh, Oh my god, yes. I think because... Are you Googling it or... No, no, I'm just, I can tell when you, I, I, I can tell when you're about to tell me something amazing. I, when I, I think because I was a, a PlayStation Plus member, I got a wolf costume for free. And now I have, I was very uh, enthralled with the toucan costume. Uh-huh. But this is how they get you. So, like I said, there's two levels of currency. The one currency is kudos and the other currency are the crowns. Yeah. This is how these fuckers get you. The bottom half, they split the costume into two for one, a bottom half and a top half. The bottom half, I bought for kudos. The top half, you can only get with crowns. Oh, here we go. And here's the other thing. The store is constantly rotating stuff in and out. Like Of ev- course they are, and there's got to be limited editions. Of course. Though. Every nine hours, the store updates with new shit. So I don't know. I don't know when the hell the, I'm not going to be able to get the toucan head now. If I actually get five crowns. Or three, it's only three, I think. If I only get, if I ever get three crowns, I don't know when the toucan head's going to come back. <laughs> but anyway. This is the greatest, one of the greatest conversations <laughs> we've ever had. It's a stupid, fun, quick game. Like I said, I generally, it's set up um, by seasons, I think. So we're in season one right now because the game just launched. And I'm sure everything that's available to grind for, you know, you go up and level and you get shit every level you hear. I usually play long enough to level up once and then I stop. Like, it takes about 20 minutes to half an hour, depending on how well I'm doing. Favorite game so far? Everyone hates Seesaw because apparently uh, video gamers of all ages cannot understand grade school level physics. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of teeter-totters. You, it's just a bunch of teeter-totters you have to run across, but like... 
when it's clearly tipping in one direction, nobody thinks to move to the other end to fucking balance it out. Like they just keep falling over and over again. Um, my personal hair shirt is what's it called? A slime climb. I think it's basically just like running up a mountain as slime rises and the mountain submerges into it. And I cannot, I'm not getting anywhere fucking near that. The second, the second that game comes up, I just quit because I'm going to lose anyway. Oh, but it sounds like so much fun. And they just Slime's ad- great. <laughs> they just added a couple. I just saw they made some updates today. They tweaked the code so you won't get, um, apparently people have a problem with, uh, multiple team modes. Cause like I said, some of the, some of the games are co-op and they tweaked it. So it'll be more, uh, you won't get t- team modes back to back sort of thing, but I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, it's obnoxiously colorful. The music is like audio saccharin. It's just, or it's just like, it's just like glucose dripping directly into your ear hole. And it's relatively brainless. You know, there's a modicum, obviously there's a, you know, there's a modicum of skill, but it's mostly luck as far as like, yeah. you know, what happens. Um, and just their little runs. Like I said, I have a toucan tail, so it just wobbles when it wobbles when my dude runs. Oh, adorable. <laughs> it delights me. They're also little, little jelly bean men. Anyway, uh, if you game at all, you know about Fall Guys. You're probably playing it. I'll see you out there. You can watch me lose. <laughs> um, Please do. <laughs> watch me lose? <laughs> no, well, I, oh, I thought you said you'd set something up so I could watch you lose. Oh, <laughs> so come, th- come through and watch me lose. Yeah, I'll, I'll start Twitch streaming. Notable. This game might take, speaking of, speaking of taking the crown, the crown that might get taken is uh, Grand Theft Auto's crown for most prolific and creative profanity. Really? Oh, yeah. There's no real way to troll in this game as well. I mean, there is a grab button that you can use to, like, climb very slowly and poorly. Like, and the other thing is, like, it's one of these games where the jump is like a fart. Like, it's not a real, like, powerful jump. <laughs> The jumps are, it's just like this is the best jump you can get. Um, but there is a grab mechanic because on some of them you have to like, you'll have a tail. Some people have tails and you have to grab the tail off of them and you can grab other players only for like a second or two. So, I mean, when you get to the end of uh when you get to the end of a level, you'll sometimes see some people like standing around the finish line and they're just going to try to grab you and like trip you up from getting to the end. And I was really pushing the limit. Like, like the first levels, only the first 40, you know, if you got 60 players, only 40 people get to go to the next round sort of thing. Um, mm. And then there's a cute little, like, cutscene where everybody's, like, standing in little cubes, like an apartment building. And then it's, like, you know, 60 players, and then, boom, 40 remain, and all the players, like, fall out of their cubes and hit these little, like, Plinko knobs on their way down. <laughs> as everybody, ding, 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 yeah, ding. as everybody who stays just kind of derpily looks around, like, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> Um... But yeah, so I was like running to the finish line and I saw some dudes like looking like he was going to come and try to grab me and the venom with which I spouted, the fuck we will. (laughs) (laughs) As my little derpy man (laughs) ran up the fucking ramp. Yeah. There was one. Oh, there. It's it's pretty fun. No, no local co-op, which is a pain in the ass because it would be awesome to have like. Mario Party-esque type vibes to it where like four of the 60 people are all with you in your house. Um, But who's doing anything in their house? It's a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. One of the ones I'm shittiest at is like the tail tag game where you have to like 
only the people with tails are making it to the next round. So you better find somebody and grab a tail. And I had it, and I was at the last second, the last second, Kate, to make it to the final round, and somebody stole my tail from me. <sighs> oh, that was some. That was some. Somebody called the police around here after that one. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking <laughs> Yeah, I was mad. So yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun, relaxing time. Friends, we're gonna take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to conclude August Watcharama with. Something I don't think either of us saw coming. I'm excited. <laughs> you sound excited. I am. I am excited. Talk I'm like raring to go. <laughs> well, we won't make you wait too long then till we come back after this break. Talk about decadence. And welcome back to the second half of the show. This is the part of the show where usually we talk about the things we've brought each other. But because it's August Watcharama, we aren't doing that right now. Instead, we're doing the thing where we both watch the same thing and then we talk about it. Yeah. But before we do that, there are rules. Yes, there are. First rule is the rule of three. If the thing comes in parts, you watch three of them. This did come in parts. Yeah, and the point is, which actually applies this week, is so that the thing gets a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. This is a rare moment where all of the rules apply to the thing we watched. Definitely need to watch three episodes. And Mm -hmm. you probably definitely want to enforce rule two. Uh, Which is hashtag save it for the pod. I'm I'm very curious. I'm literally on the edge of my seat for this one, y'all. I don't don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. Third rule. Which is, uh, they're going to be spoilers. So you should probably, um, very kindly, but you should probably get the fuck out. And this is a rare occasion where there's something to spoil. Yeah. There are a few things to spoil. Yeah. In this show. All within, mm-hmm. like, the first two episodes, let alone the third. Mm-hmm. So if you have mm-hmm. any interest in watching buzzworthy anime from summer 2020, Decadence, you probably, as Kate so lovingly puts it, each and every week. Get the foot out. Grab some tea. Grab a cool drink. Um, have some cake. You can do so many things. Play that game that Jordan was talking about. Go play Fall Guys. Um, Go watch Decadence. Watch Drew Lynch. Yeah. Or even do that and then come back. Pause it where you are right now. Go watch Decadence, which is on Funimation. Yes. No. Yes? Funimation. Then come back. You can watch it for free. We love free. Yeah. Decadence is a current show, which under the Funimation model means you can just watch it for free. Yeah. You don't even have to make an account. You do not. So go do that and then come back and listen to us talk about it, which we're going to do right now. So we like to do, we like to do an anime during Watcharama. I scoured the offerings for 2020. I saw the show mentioned with a somewhat complimentary review on possibly anime feminist or maybe it was anime news network i don't remember i was like okay i'll go watch the trailer i was like wow that looks dope got a girl missing an arm fighting monsters on a desert planet with a surly old man it's about it's about a very positive young lady and a surly old man it's like this podcast an anime form right (laughs) i said well let's check that out and oddly enough kate was like i'm having trouble watching the second 
in third episode because the subtitles aren't working because anime streamers, Reasons. your apps never fucking work. Funimation, this is rare for you. I'm not the only person. Sorry. Oh, Crunchyroll is garbage. We know that. <laughs> I can't, I can bear, Crunchyroll is barely usable on the PlayStation, but be that as it may, we got it to work and I was very adamant that we make it work because if Caitlin hadn't seen <laughs> episode two and three, I probably would have been like, we ain't doing the show today. <laughs> We do the show yeah. after you see episode two and three. So yeah. decadence. It's just, it's deep. It's like, like the word decadence, but it's got a hyphen in it. Um, this is an original series produced by and animated by <laughs> ugh, nut. <laughs> That's the name of the studio. I didn't make it up. Nut. nut. Uh, it premiered on July 8th, 2020. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to run, but there were set seven or eight episodes out so far. So basically here's the plot as Kate and I thought we were going into this show. In the fortress oh, yeah. city of decadence, the lowly tanker girl Natsumi dreams of becoming a gear warrior following her father's death during a Gadol attack. Gadols are the, like, giant monsters that are roaming the planet. She is assigned to a maintenance team led by Kaburagi, who is the surly old man, just on cleanup duty, cleaning up guts and shit on the outside of this giant fortress that they all live in, this Howl's Moving Castle that they're all, like, <laughs> living inside. The remnants of humanity are living inside. And, yeah, basically... That episode ends. Do they get outside at the end of that episode? Yeah, they did. There's some fighting, and you think this is going to be, like, one of these, like, typical, but fun. I mean, everything in that, up to that point, was good. You could have just ran on that, and it would have been a decent show. But the thing about this show is, it's trying to do literally everything? Fair assessment? <laughs> how, are you feeling after, how are you feeling after episode one? Episode one, I was like, oh, this is... Just like that thing called Mortal Engines, which is about a city or cities on wheels. Right. Um, and then, like, London, like, eats other cities and they get, like, <laughs> you know, and then there's, like, a battle for something. I don't know. I haven't seen it and I haven't read the books. Right. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, this is what this is. And it's, you know... She's going to join the team, and she's going to become the very best. Yeah. Um, she'll, begrudgingly then, win the, she'll begrudgingly win the respect of, of you know, surly old mechanic guy with, yeah, his, with like, his very cute dog thing. Know, first episode, there's a thing where something weird happens with surly old mechanic guy. And I was like, that's weird. The, uh, you know, you think that maybe... You know, as the series goes on, it'll and things aren't really what they seem, and she has to fight the like the the powers that be that run the city, and you know they're the reason the monsters exist, or you know one of those. You, you expect some kind yeah. of twist. There are a couple moments in there where he like you know alludes to like what he knows he knows what's going on. He's out there they're fighting some looks like fucking sin from FF10, like some giant ass monster. I, I thought he was a robot. Or Android or something. Because, because you see, has... yeah, you see his perspective and he's got like fucking like, yeah. you know, the yeah. captions and the meters and stuff in his, in his POV. And when they're fighting all the lower ones, he like mumbles to himself, like dude piloting giant city, you know, you know what to do. So even though he's this lowly mechanic, he knows the people who like are super in charge. Um, mm -hmm. And even in episode one, they're the, the larger I guess twist is alluded to, but uh, well, there's this like thirty 
second, not even. Hmm. I'm gonna say like less eight seconds, less than. At the very end. Yeah. That you're like, huh? What, what was that? The, what was that? What and, was that? That's weird. I thought maybe it was like a fun little chibi thing, or <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know, Jordan. <laughs> None of us knew, Kate. I didn't know either. Because then no. episode two starts, and they're like, hey, everything you just saw, fuck all that. It's Westworld. What a twist. Yeah. And not and only I have is so it. so many questions. Well, that's why I'm going to just read the Wikipedia, because I still don't even understand what's real and what's not, even though they say pretty flagrantly. So, in the latter part of the 2400s, air pollution reached lethal levels. As humanity hurtled toward extinction, they were threatened by the emergence of life forms known as Gattle, causing the destruction of 90% of the world's population. Large corporations developed cyborgs to carry out human functions. They say cyborgs, but they're like robots. They may I, I honestly don't know yet. They call them cyborgs. They have some sort of brain-like thing in them. And, as Kate alluded to, they're drawn in a completely different style. <laughs> Oh my god! So uh, l- it's such a—it's kind of a mind fuck, actually. Let, let me finish the breakdown. Um, so as humans keep dying, and there are more cyborgs, the cyborgs start to like outnumber the humans. And the Solid Quake Corporation, which is like the biggest corporation on Earth, it was already already had a huge ton of power because governments just fall, corporations rise in their place. Mm-hmm. Solid Quake acquires the rights to manage humanity. That's how it's explained in the show. Um, mm-hmm. The company creates a giant dome on the Eurasian continent in which they have installed a colossal entertainment facility called Decadence with its own independent all-governing system to make all decisions. The cyborg citizens could then safely experience adventure as human avatars at Decadence without the risk of real injury. So the thing I had a hard time wrapping my head around throughout episode two was it's both happening at the same time, right? And it's both real. There's nothing virtual here except for like... Like, they're on Earth. Natsumi is a real person, right? She's not, yeah. like, part of a simulation. But these cyborgs are using, can, like, create physical avatars in that, under that dome. Yeah. Right? And when you see the gears, which are the, like, you know, war, they call them a warrior race. Those are just players. Mm-hmm. And, essentially... There's the gears and the tankers, and the tankers are the humans that live on decadence, and the gears are like the warrior race, which are in actuality players of this game. So, so this is a, a part of it that I'm like, okay, so they say they're, they're players of the game, but the the creatures they kill spew out this green liquid mm-hmm. that the robot people use for food and fuel, yeah. For, so, for fuel, it's like a liquid, it looks like battery acid or something. So is it just like they need to farm it anyway, so they're just making a game out of it? Like, There's so many questions. And maybe that's a good thing, but also things like you mentioned, that the fact that the drawing style is so different is really... It's almost child... it looks like the little It's almost childlike. Robot. It looks like a kid's show. Like, it almost turns childlike. Yeah. When the robots are. And around. like and they seem so not real compared to the quote unquote real world. Yeah. Like um, honestly, then, to go back to what the first first half of the show, Kabaragi, your like surly old man mentor figure, his yeah. he's a cyborg playing the game. Um mm-hmm. and I did really like 
the storyline that leads to why he is where he is. The whole thing where like there's basically you know there's a limit. It's a world. It's it's a memorial. There's a limit cap, um, or there's a level cap, and there's scuttlebutt that there's a way to break your level cap and get more powerful. But the hook is you might actually sustain physical injury, mm-hmm. like real physical injury. I like that hook. That's on um, me. Fucking ready player one has some shit like that too. I don't know, but you know, I like that hook. And ultimately when, you know, Kabaragi's part of a guild, they're the top ranked players in the whole game. And then it gets found out that, you know, this one of their superstars was engaged in, I don't know what they called it, but you know, he breaks the level, he gets found out. And now basically Kabaragi has been forced into finding bugs in the system like, there's this yeah. whole other layer of, like, conformity and resistance <laughs> going on in the show, in his story, about how he's supposed to find bugs because all the humans have chips in them. And if the humans get too out of line, he's supposed to, like, you know, take them out and remove their chips. Or does he kill them or does he just remove their chips? I don't know. but I think he kills them. It ain't good. And he don't like doing it. But the only reason he agrees to help Natsumi is because she was clinically dead when she was a kid and the system thought she died and did not recognize when she was resuscitated. So she's a bug in the system that the system doesn't know about. Yeah. And he kind of want to, wants to like train her and use her to kind of see what happens. She says at one point, like, you know, he alludes to like her saving him because he was really, he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to be in the position he was in. They have a fight. He, he was not going to, he has to recharge his battery with that liquid, exo, whatever it's called, yeah. liquid, and he wasn't going to do it. He was basically going to starve to death. Right. And then seeing that she existed sort of outside the system and might be able to sort of, I don't know, halt this or just like see what chaos is going to do, <laughs> um, he eventually, like you see that he did take the stuff and has started to train her. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even think I can give you, like, a knee-jerk, like, hey, Kate, what'd you think of this? Because so much is happening. So much is happening. And also, like, there are things, for instance, how for a second there, I thought we would actually see her be a cleaner for five years. (laughs) Like, they, they say at the beginning, like, you have to clean the outside of the ship for five years before right. moving on to the next level. And they did this like montage and I thought they were actually going to be like, this is five years. Like, and I was like, that's cool. Um, my only problem with characters like getting better is I wanted to see her bulk up a little bit. Hmm. Um, I know that's such a minor thing, but I've always, I always want to see characters just like if, when they get stronger and more agile to like, you know, bulk up, they do show her eating like a ton of food, which I thought was good. But that's the other thing. Like, they're obviously the humans are flesh. Yes. Um, and they can have children. I would presume. Presumably, unless you find out they're fucking made in a tube. Like, I don't. I mean, nothing. Nothing would surprise me at this point with this show because I mean, I've never seen a show. There must there must be an example, but like, it's rare to see a show that just wholesale throws out the first episode, basically, and all your expectations of it. And kind of and, pulls it off. Like, yeah, it's a little clumsy, but it, and jarring, I don't know. but. Madoka, Madoka Magica is like the, 
yeah, I guess, top-tier. I guess episode three Madoka Magica is, is pretty good for throwing out what you thought yeah. you were watching. Yeah. So this is, but this is done it in a different way. Like it's, it's almost giving us like six different animes. <laughs> like they're just like, just stuffing things in there. <laughs> I mean, um, if you, if you want, and it's not bad either. Like it's handled actually really well. If you want an example of how like kind of ridiculous and weirdly different the like cyborg world is like the head, the representative of the corporation, what's his name? Hugin. Or something like that. He's essentially a cube. He's got this little like sprite that floats around him. Just piping gibberish. Um, he's purple. I, does he have a wisp of hair like stuff on the top of his head? I don't remember. But he's got I the. I think so. He's got the Kamina from Gurren Lagann deep V sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like. Why? Um, and a lot of the cyborgs. You know. To go back to like the front half of the show, like Kaburagi, his cyborg form looks like a character from Fall Guys. He's a little short jelly bean looking thing with like a spiky hair and like suspenders. Like, <laughs> but he's this like gruff, handsome, gruff looking man. <laughs> and when he's in the game, which is Earth, I think, actually Earth. Mm-hmm. So, what even happens in episode three? Epi- oh, that's what I want to talk about. Episode three has a moment that's interesting because the one thing I saw about this show that stuck out at me and thought it might be worth checking out was somebody one of these write-ups, probably Anime Feminist they're the only site that would mention that it's very odd to have a disabled character or a differently abled character in a show Yeah, Natsumi, missing an arm has a prosthetic Um, and I, I like that it's she gets a better prosthetic later on in episode three because as she's learning, <laughs> I did like Kaburagi has a lot of internal monologue that fills in the gaps for folks <laughs> as you're watching, especially in episode three when he like starts to train her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look, and she's like, there's a gaddle just there. <laughs> He's like thinking to himself, this is actually just the tutorial, um, <laughs> yeah, for the game, but they're there and it's her real life. Um, and I didn't know what they were getting at when he like focused in on so that it again it's it's a million different anime. It's also like you know Attack on Titan because they're like floating around and trying to like they're like flying around and trying to shoot you know the weak spots on these giant creatures by use of like these tanks on their back that catch the uh, you know the slime juice whatever from, from these monsters and you control your velocity with like a dial on this on this tank sort of thing and there's a point where he like it zooms in on her fiddling with that knob and I didn't know what they were getting at, but she like acknowledges later on that, you know, you saw it, didn't you? Like I have a harder time yeah. trying. Cause she's only got like three fingers on the prosthetic. I had a harder time adjusting it. And she's like, and that gave me killed. So he like takes her to like the black market avatar <laughs> avatar. Like, you know, your character, not blue skinned aliens, not the Navi. Um, yeah. To like get a better prosthetic that ends up having a fucking you know, spike gun in it <laughs> type of thing. Um, and I like that it was just kind of handled like, you know, straight up. I mean, obviously she's getting like super prosthetic because she's got to be, you know, the, the, best, the very best, the best, good, best that ever was. Um, but they also didn't like, you know, magic away her, <laughs> her disability. Right. Like. Um, and a totally different vein, but I also love that it, they'll sometimes just trip up even small expectations. Like I, the second 
episode where they you find out that the fortress turns into like a giant <laughs> fighting thing. And instead of a beam cannon, it's a fucking fist. It just fucking punched the thing. I was like, that's amazing. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a great point. That's that a great point. That is a great point and worth mentioning, yes, because it looks like it's just going to shoot this giant beam cannon through this whale thing. It's just like yeah. bonk and just fucking punches the thing. And at, and that and when I saw it was a, a land whale, I was like, ooh, I don't know if Jordan's okay well, with it. Wasn't great. Wasn't thrilled about that. But it got killed. But yeah. It got killed, so I was happy. Yes, um, it did. It get, got very killed. So I don't know how you don't stick with this show for me. Because you want to know how bonkers does it? Are there aliens too? Like, like we need to know how bonkers this thing gets. Like you did, you did a, a story. I always heard. I have not seen the show Ozark on Netflix, but I've always heard mention of how it's like. If you watch the pilot to Ozark, you'll just be like, "What happened?" Because it's like a season's worth of television in an hour. That's what I kept thinking of watching the first two episodes of this show. It's like you have desert planet survival. You have a young girl being the very best. You have this double agent trying to subvert an all powerful corporation. You have literally Westworld, like. And also, weirdly, it manages to balance out and not be too dark. Like, there are actually some legit funny bits. That's a, yeah, that's a like, great point. She's, she, Natsumi is delightful as a character. I'm not going to front. I love her. Yeah. I think she's amazing. Yeah, and the voice actress did a great job. Like, they made it so she wasn't too, like, shrieky and young. Um, and there's no, like, except for one guy who keeps on trying to flirt with her, mm. like, there's no weird sexual no, no tension. Fan, no fan there's service. No fan service. Yeah. Not not yet, at least. <laughs> and um, there's this scene in like the second one where she finally like, or maybe it's the third one where she finally like really does a good job at killing the things. And like she's like, I did it. And then like a giant the rock like smashes her, her in are, the head. Yes, you are correct. Like, I busted out. Pay attention. I busted yeah. out laughing at that point. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's a great character. Obviously badass chick with the goggles you know the one she looks up to i i'm i'm going to watch for her to get a bigger role i want to see, obviously she's going to play a bigger role going on and i want to see what that will be um and just if this is a one season show like i don't i don't know what the hell how the hell you're gonna do whatever you're trying to do in 12 or 13 episodes i have no idea but like i i actually cannot tell you where it goes no i have Usually no idea you can make some sort of like prediction. I can't because they've, they keep on doing They I guess they could go steady with it from here on out. But again, like I can't tell you what's going to happen if they, she does continue being a quote unquote bug in the system. Um, and yeah, I'm the, it's all full of surprises and that's exciting. It is exciting. And yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I have rarely, what what do we always say on this show? Everything we complain about just last week, actually, is like, show me something new. Show me something that's not a remake. Show me something that's not, I mean, and granted, you're just taking a bunch of, like, pre-existing ideas, stuff that's kind of already been out there, but you just took, most people will take three of them. You took, like, nine and just, like, mashed them all together. <laughs> and They made a really beautiful collage out of it. They really did. And I I can't fathom the idea of not, sticking with this show to see just like you said there's no way to predict where it's gonna go 
And I've never, I can't remember the last time I had an anime, like, really, like, stick it to me like that. Like, like, like I said, Madoka Magica might have been the last one where I was like, oh, what is this like, now? What? Um, and shouts to them for, like, not tipping their hand at all. You can watch the trailer for this show right now and you think you are getting, they only took footage from that first episode. Like, you think you're getting Tale of Natsumi overcoming her weaknesses to fight monsters on a desert planet. Like <laughs> all that shit with the, the, with the cyborgs and the weird looking jelly bean robots and shit. None of that's there. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the robots are so weird like, comparatively. None of them are in, and none of that art style is in any of the marketing. So, and it looks like it honestly looks like another st- studio did that part. <laughs> and they like stitched it together. So, I mean, you, some viewers may find that jarring. I honestly found it jarring to slip back and forth. Because um, mm-hmm. also their existence, you know, talk about another thing shoehorned in. Their existence is like totally like Black Mirror. Like what's that episode of Black Mirror where the dudes had to like play the game or ride the bikes or whatever? Yeah. And the more points you got, everything. the more points you got, the nicer your apartment was type of thing. Like like there's that mm-hmm. element in there as well for their for the cyborgs lives. Um. I like the brief little moments when he takes her to like the gears level and she's like skin changer. What's that? <laughs> like it's, it's the literal mm-hmm. things that these, that these cyborgs use to customize their avatars. So if you have chosen to listen to this segment without seeing the show, when you decide you want to see the show, um, just be prepared. There's going to be some whiplash, but I did not find it dissuading. Did not dissuade me from wanting to, stay with the show um because it's only three i want to give it an eight just for blowing okay. my mind like it did um subject to change i may amend that the more the more i see but just it's been a very long time since especially like an anime made me sit up and go wait what yeah so, um i'm giving that. it 7.5 um, because it's a minus 0.5 because of that robot art. <laughs> Fair. It is very jarring. I mean, yes. And it's not like all the art for the show is good. Like it's done by a good studio, but it's just so, it's just not, I just don't like, like the colors that they get. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, but other it, than that, it's great. Mercifully, it's obviously because we care about Natsumi, so we spend more time on Eurasia than we do on... Does the ship have a name, or is it just Solid Quake? We spend more time on Eurasia than we do on the Solid Quake headquarters, yeah. but Caitlin is correct. It is a very different art style, and looks like an entirely different show. And, I mean, shouts to them for trying. Like, never yeah. seen anything like that. So... Like Kate said, that's on Funimation. Like all Funimation simulcasts, you are only limited by the most recent episode. Your your frugality means you have to be a week behind the culture, but, I mean, we're old. We don't give a shit, so yeah, just give us that shit for free. We can be a week behind. I say that now, and then it's going to be like, I'm going to hit the wall, and it's just going to be like, yer. Set sail, friends. No, don't. Support the studio. It's an original creation. Well, friends, Kate. Yeah. That's another August Watcherama in the bag. Oh my goodness. 
a fast one. Fourth? Admittedly, a fast one. I think it's our third. I'll check the archive. But it could be our fourth. Oh, we've been at this a long time, yo. I don't like to think we about have. how long we've been at this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but we thank you. Nice. You think it's nice? Oh. Yeah, I think it's nice. We've done this for so long. We have all these people and fans and friends, and it's nice. I like it. People and I'm fans also a big dork, though. So. And friends, you are a big dork. And yeah. God, we're gonna have to figure out what the hell we're doing. We're going back to format next week. Back to format. I got somebody's excited. I have so many things oh, for you to watch. Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, look forward to that. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us, friends. If you have any theories about decadence or you want to let us know where you were when you realized what the hell was happening with the show, you can get us on Twitter at GeekDownPod. It's your best chance for any sort of engagement because we will not be hanging out on Facebook, even though we post the shows weekly and we are there, but also it's not. Just, it's, you know, it's COVID. You don't go to the old mall during a pandemic. You do not go to the old mall during a pandemic. Stay away from all old malls. Including, including yeah. Facebook. Because you know who, who's at old malls. Who, who's who, who's old at people. Old, 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 old people. people, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Madam Webb, fuck out of here. <laughs> Don't kill old people. <laughs> Do not. Friends, that wraps up another August Watcharama. Thank you for joining us. It truly means the world to us. It always has. We'll be back next week in format. We hope you will join us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic, fabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. I thought you were just going. I'm a dirt bike. I'm a dirt bike, Kate. I'm a butthole surfer song, Kate. Dirt bike is the new scanning. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat>